Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time to go live with Tony Defio, Shannon White, and me. Fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And Tony, I do that as a shout out to you because I want to do my Lenny for Terry. Fans, I'm Lenny for Terry. Is that any cl- anything close? Uh, I think it would say friends. You would always say friends. friends? Hello, friends. Okay. Okay. I think so. Well, I don't while. have fans and I don't have friends. You guys are my only friends and I pay you for that. So just to hang All out right. with me. So... Gentlemen, Sounds like me in high school. <laughs> Sounds like me all 50 years of my life, but that's okay. I have no problem with that. Gentlemen, how are both of you? I'll start with you, Shannon. I'm doing excellent. He's not a man of many words, my friends. <laughs> Tony, how about you, my friend? I'm great. It was a it was a pleasant weekend, and uh, I relaxed uh, when I wasn't working, and I kept falling asleep during the day, which I guess is pretty indicative of uh, of being fifty. Maybe I don't know, uh, but yeah, it was a great weekend. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I just realized I messed up on the title. I called this the Steelers preview, in so I actually need to edit that. I will have to go ahead and do that, and I will apologize to everybody. Johnny Bravo, thanks for letting me know that I did that. I am on that show too. <laughs> so, you know, when you do all these shows, sometimes you get confused and that's right. exactly what happened with me. So sometimes you fumble. We're all human. You do fumble. Sometimes and, it happens. Wow. And sometimes you fumble in the Super Bowl, yeah. and years later, you're still mad that people are mad about it. <laughs> that's something we're going to talk about today. Tony, thank you. Thank you so much for the segue. That's great. I was going to first say, hey, I didn't talk to anybody yesterday. I didn't have a show yesterday. So happy Father's Day to all of my friends, all of my family, my dad, everybody here in BTSC Nation, all of our listeners, everybody. Uh, whether you have a dad, are a dad, want to be a dad, or or aren't a dad but act like a father figure to somebody, we appreciate you. So thank you so much. I don't know where any of us would be without those men in our lives. So thank you. Just like we celebrate the moms a little bit ago, we're going to go ahead and you know honor dads too. And if you saw yesterday's Here We Go, not Here We Go. Gosh, that's another one of mine. What's, what was my column yesterday? The more we know. There we go. Yes. I'm fumbling like crazy. I'm I'm having the Ben Roethlisberger five interception game against the Jaguars in 2017. <laughs> if you saw that episode, if, that wasn't even an episode. If you saw that article, Tony, you want to take over for me? <laughs> if you saw that that article, then you would see that. Well, we talked all about Steeler dads instead of the. Uh, 
the disturbing sites where we show Steeler players in different uniforms at the end of their careers. We showed Steeler players and their dads in different uniforms. So, well, they weren't Steelers, but we we showed Sheldon White, dad of Cody White, Farrell Edmonds, dad of the Edmonds brothers, Trey and Terrell. We showed Cam Hayward's dad, Connor Hayward's dad, <laughs> Craig Ironhead, which... That's the one I had to show his college jersey because that's my favorite thing in the world to show that that pit jersey from back in the 80s. Oh, that's gorgeous. And and we also highlighted Devin Bush Sr. in his Rams jersey as well. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun to do. Talk about dads. So now let's go ahead. And now that I have the title corrected, now that this is actually the hangover, let's get started. Let's do this. I hope everybody had a great weekend. So apparently, we had Richard Mendenhall's birthday. Was that yesterday or today, Tony? You know, I believe it was yesterday. All right, it might have been. It might have been today, but I, I believe it was yesterday. I'm sure the live chat will, will find out and tell us. Shannon, what were your thoughts when you read what Mr. Mendenhall said? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was yesterday was his birthday. I didn't see it till this morning, and it didn't surprise me. He's come out and uh, taken a few shots at the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger in particular. He never accepted responsibility for that fumble or a lot of other things that happened when he was in a Steeler uniform, so it really didn't shock me very much. Tony, how did you feel when you read that? Well, I mean, he has to take responsibility for that fumble. I mean, yes, the blocking on the play was was atrocious, and and they met him in the backfield. And you know, if he would have said, "Well, I wasn't the only reason why they, you know, we lost," uh, because you know, Big Ben threw a pick six, and the defense couldn't get off the field, maybe. But I mean, he did fumble there. I mean, you can't call it a strip sack or whatever people were trying to say. It was a fumble. I mean, it, you know. And it happened at a high-profile part of the game. They're trying to come back. So, naturally, people are going to to give him grief over it. But, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as far as the reaction that the O'Donnell continues to get 20, what, 26 years later. So, if he would just not say anything about it, people would probably forget about it. Well, let's do this. And I am not reading the comments right now because I'm going to go ahead and read this. This was the tweet from Richard Mendenhall. It came out yesterday at 10 11 a.m i never fumbled that ball hashtag sbxlv my coaches would feel like harbaugh's to say that i did i never did i was separated from the ball four yards into the backfield that's the rb equivalent of a strip sack there's nothing i could have done about it respect my career hashtag free 34 which i love at the end so absolutely love it now you know for me i mean every time i screw up i'm going to tell you that i screwed up and i was wrong if i think i'm wrong i have been saying for years about this fumble and i am not a richard mendenhall apologist at all i'm not a fan of richard mendenhall for other reasons, but I do not place blame 
on Richard Mendenhall for this fumble. Yes, the ball came out of his hands. I don't know many running backs that would be able to withstand that hit that he took. He basically got sandwiched and the ball came out. But it is going to stay with you. Just like a ball, a ground ball going through the legs of Bill Buckner, a fantastic man who took a lot of crap for that. And that mm. was, man, I tell you what, that's not in the Super Bowl, but it's in the World Series and it's for the Boston Red Sox in that situation, which they weren't going to win for another 18 years. They weren't going to appear in the World Series for another 18 years. And so that was just a, a huge thing with that with that curse, the Bambino curse and all of that. That was a horrible thing. And people, my gosh, people bombarded Bill Buckner forever on that thing. And they really did. They He finally would joke back in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> with... Uh, Larry David was in the burning building and Bill Buckner was down there and he wanted to throw the baby out of the building <laughs> to somebody to catch it. And he realized it was Bill Buckner below and he didn't want to throw the ball to Bill Buckner. <laughs> and Bill Buckner was a fantastic player. Yeah. So all I'm going to say about this is, man, he should take responsibility for it. But I'd rather him do it a different way. I'd rather him like, look, man, that was one of the toughest hits I ever took. I don't know who could hold on to the ball, but in the end, hey, I'm sorry. You know, that's it. That's all you got to do. If right. you heard that out of Richard Mendenhall, Shannon White, what would your thoughts be? I'd be surprised because he's that, not that kind of individual. Okay, yeah, but but that aside. Yeah. That, well, I that mean, aside. I'm Every every player's made mistakes, missed blocks. Some plays you make a mistake in it, it, you know, it's at a more inopportune time, obviously, like that one was. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the pick six in the Super Bowl. You watch the replay, you know, Ligurski, an outstanding guy that I've met, got you know, he's a local kid, he got planted in Ben's legs. That's why the ball came up short, that's why it was intercepted. You know, it, it happens, but very seldom does the guy this many years later, you know, want to try to, uh, you know, say basically that he didn't accept any blame. He said, I didn't fumble. So I don't know what else you, I don't know what else you call that, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, I root for every guy that wears a Pittsburgh store uniform when they're on the field. I root for them. Now, some of them I like more than others further off the field. And he's one of them guys off the field that I never cared for. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't shock me again that, that, you know, he said all that because instead of just saying, hey, I give everything I had, I tried to win the games, you know, help the Steelers win, um, and he made a mistake. You know, he he didn't – it was ball security. That's on him. The, the block and everything else, the ball security was on him, whether he wants to take responsibility or not. You know um... – we, I'm reading here in the live chat, Myrna Jane and Burt says he was not to blame for the Super Bowl loss. No, there's plenty of blame to go around. Mm -hmm. Being down 21 to 3, there's blame. Sweezum misses a field goal in that game. Ben with the Ligurski, who you mentioned. Ben with the pick six. Ben not being able to, uh, my gosh, I thought for sure he was going to be able to execute the two-minute drill mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end of that game. It, it was just, there were so many things. I mean, uh, gosh, 
Ike got burnt. Troy got burnt, but it was like a, it really wasn't even getting burnt. Rogers was threading needles. He put on a clinic and, mm -hmm. and, you know, just a half a split second. And that could be picked off by, by Troy Palomalu, who's a hall of famer. So, you know, there's so much you could talk about that and nobody, I don't really think that he is on the Steelers naughty list for that fumble. He's not on the naughty list for, for that fumble for me. Mm -mm. Was it a fumble? Yes. Once again, I don't think anybody is going to be able to withstand that hit. I, my problem with Richard Mendenhall is his attitude towards the fans, his attitude towards life. When he came out after that Super Bowl, and when America was, now I'm not trying to get into politics whatsoever, but when America was celebrating Osama bin Laden's assassination after everything that was done to America on that, when people were celebrating the fact that the U.S. were able to bring him down, he questioned it. And his answer was like, I don't know why you're getting mad at me because I'm just, it's a human life. And I'm just trying to get people to think deeper. But I understand as far as grades go in college, he was a fantastic scholar. He has always been a thinker like that. I liked his work on the, the HBO show Ballers with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a about an NFL football player and he, and it was kind of somewhat a former NFL player that became an agent. And he would write about the dark side of, of it in his screenwriting, very talented guy, but a guy that just doesn't get it. And that's my problem with Richard Mendenhall. As far as on the field, I will not consider that pick of Richard Mendenhall to be a bust. Shannon, do you? No, he the when Ben was suspended hmm. earlier in the season, you know, he was he had to carry the offense. Like I said, it, it's never been a, a whether he was a good running back or not. You know, he would have led the league in rushing that one year if it hadn't been um, for the way things worked out. But he he was a, a, a quality running back. Like I said, my issues was with him was more from a personality standpoint and an off the field standpoint. But, uh, no, I mean, like I said, earlier in that year, he carried that offense to Ben got back and, they, you know, got his rhythm back. So, no, he, he contributed big time in getting them there. And, and uh, you know, it was not all his fault. But trying to say he had no blame in it, no, that's not that's not realistic. All right. So, I'm, I'm looking at the live chat. I'm seeing some people say he was an all right back. Some people say mediocre at best. Come on, look at the stats. Seriously. And – these are probably, uh, you know, these are the, probably the same commenters that are always going to challenge me with anything that I say, and I have no problem with that. But his stats aren't bad, especially yeah, that 2010 season. Rashard Mendenhall was was fantastic. Right. He had a great season. He did not do much his rookie year, but he was also the victim of a bounty right. by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is in no way to go ahead and uh, say that we're missing the boat on this guy. He was what he was, but he also got hurt and he did not come back from that injury. And 
he was also a guy that we've heard this we've heard other players recently accused of this. He was a guy that did not love football, so he didn't stay in the game. Right. But if you look at his stats, I'm going to go ahead and through and just say his rushing stats in 2009 1108, in 2010 1273. Seven touchdowns his his first full season, which was 2009, even though he was injured in 2008. 13 touchdowns in 2010. Nine touchdowns in 15 games in 2011. Right. Then in 2012, he got, he was majorly hurt. He was yeah, actually was hurt at the end of that 2011 season, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, that was it. That, and, that, and that was, uh, he was never the same after that. Now, in 2013, he has one last hurrah in Arizona. He ends up with 687 yards and eight touchdowns with Arizona, which is, I mean, that's one of those things that I didn't even realize. So, I mean, as far as his career goes, 37 rushing touchdowns in let's see six seasons and only four of them were basically full seasons. The, the guy put up some stats. The guy was a decent player. Mm-hmm. He just, he just didn't last, you know, and that's it. Can, can I say something? Yes. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned the injury and, and, and the career arc he was on before the injury. If he goes on to have a, a, a great career here, say he rests for eight, 10,000 yards, becomes a fan favorite, maybe a team leader. He, he matures. He, he, he starts to appreciate what it's like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And, um, and he, he gets respect from his teammates and, and the fans. Maybe he becomes a, a more mature and different player. I mean, we, we, what if Ben gets traded after that 09 season? We know that his reputation through the first four or five years. Let's say he leaves here and he goes on and continues his, his party boy ways, his frat boy ways that he was known for here before – 2010 maybe we think of him differently so you know obviously he's still not you know doing doing and saying things that make us want to embrace him as evidenced by the uh, fumble comment the other day but had he been able to have a fulfilling career here he might have become a different person we saw it with ben he you know he gets a second chance in pittsburgh and he becomes a family man and 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 a respected uh, member of the team so We'll never know, but to say that he was mediocre at best, I mean, he, he was on his way to becoming a, a dynamic weapon for them. It, it just got cut short because of that ACL injury. And I don't think he loved football. I mean, I you could tell because he did. He left after that season in Arizona when he had eight, eight touchdowns. So what I'll say about this guy, Richard Mendenhall, is this. If he had a better attitude we'd probably forgive that fumble. Right. But I want to talk about another fumble. I'm going to talk about a guy who's not a goat. But what if Nick Harper's wife doesn't Mm. stab Nick Harper the night before with a kitchen knife of the Indianapolis Colts on in the, the evening of January 14th, 2006. What if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't tackle Nick Harper? What kind of goat is Jerome Bettis? Is he on that list? At the, I mean, is he on the list of unforgiven? 
for that fumble? Because that's the ultimate gaff, Shannon. I don't think so because Bettis, the way he played the game, uh, you know, he was a grinder. I mean, he was nimble for a guy his size, but there's so many times he's dragging guys for yardage and, and, you know, he didn't always, he a lot of times made more than was actually there based on the blocking. Uh, that would have been a situation if they would have lost that game like that. You know, he might be looked at different, differently, but I also think that his he's a type of person and a personality that would have handled that situation much better than Mendenhall has. Um, and again, I think that, you know, a lot of the resentment towards Mendenhall has grown since he's retired, since he's out of football because of the fact that he's still, anytime he has an opportunity to be in that spotlight, he does, and it's almost always negative. And it's almost always he, – he lacks um, self-awareness. The things he says, uh, you know, it's one thing to defend yourself, and it's another to, to shine a bad light upon yourself. And I think that's what he does. So even if Bettis would have fumbled uh, and Ben wouldn't have made that tackle, I think that he would have handled it differently and we would have still viewed him differently. Tony, let's wrap up Richard Mendenhall because we have other guys that are on the unforgiven list and some guys that actually have, I feel like they've gotten off of that list. But let me just ask you this, and I kind of alluded to this before. If he had none of this extracurricular stuff, when I say extracurricular, he, he wasn't, he didn't really do anything bad, but he did go AWOL on the team. Mm-hmm. He, did le- he did go AWOL. Right. So for a guy that went AWOL on this team, if he doesn't go AWOL, if he doesn't make the Osama Bin Laden comments, if he's not, you know, complaining about this still now, do we look at this guy in a different light? I I think we do because uh, he, this, the fumble happened and it may, it might've altered the end of the Super Bowl and cost him a, a seventh ring. But it also happened in an era when they won two Super Bowls. So I think maybe people were more would have been more forgiving um, if he if he wasn't the the um, bitter person that, that he appears to have become since since uh, that uh, when, when O'Donnell when it happened in Super Bowl Thirty that was their their lone Super Bowl appearance in you know over the span of twenty five years. So that's all people remember from that era because they never quite completed the uh, the journey. Whereas with Mendenhall, that was kind of the end of that journey. Uh, the team was getting older, and they had already won two Super Bowls. So I think it, it would have been, it would have been a, a different story. Espe- again, especially if he doesn't get hurt at the end of 2011 and goes on to have a, a, a storied career here, then I think people would have look, looked at him much differently. So I want to read Wes here. I mean, Brian, you're right. He was a very good running back at some point in his career. But the bottom line is, I have a special hatred for Richard Mendenhall. A lot of people do, and I have look. You can, I have no problem with have a hatred for the guy. He doesn't seem like he's a fun guy to be around. You know, I'm sure there's people that love to be around Richard Mendenhall and say, hey, you're, you're getting the wrong thing. But free 34, no one really wants to free 34 if you're going to have the attitude like this. I think if you're a better person, you're not going to mind this as much. The thing about it is 
I don't think the fumble, and like, like Tony said, I don't think the fumble is the reason people dislike this guy. It's everything else. And we were not fractured back in 2011 when he made the Osama bin Laden comments like we are now. We aren't. We're so much more fractured now as a country. But that's not something you do. You just don't make those comments because, you know, I'm not going to go much more into it, but that's why this guy's not liked. So if you want to free 34, which I have already freed him from the from the fumble, I don't care if he takes responsibility for it or, or not. I don't think that was an egregious fumble. I Like I said, I don't know how you how you get up from that hit that he took. And I don't have a problem with the fumble. I have the problem with the way he acted about the fumble. Garrett Slingerland says, I know someone that should definitely be on the unforgiven list. It's Fitzgerald Toussaint. I don't think he was a bad guy. And I think he felt a lot of remorse about the fumble. He shouldn't have been in that situation. Right. (laughs) And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It's hard to blame him for that. He should have held onto the ball. That's fine. But you can go ahead. There's a long list of people to blame for that, that fumble. One, the referees in that Denver game was absolutely, my gosh, Peyton Manning was down. That was a great oh, yeah. call. He right. was down. They let him get back up and get a first down. The Steelers win that game. You know, they, they really do. You could you could blame one of my favorite people of all time that's still involved in the Steeler organization. You could blame, of all people, Mike Tomlin for that fumble. If he doesn't run the wheels off of D'Angelo Williams, if he doesn't... Actually, no, I'm sorry, not D'Angelo Williams. I, I do apologize for that. No, that was D'Angelo who was out in that situation. Mm-hmm. But... If you don't have the situation the year before when you're running the wheels off of Le'Veon Bell, you do it again, you might still have LeGarrette Blunt around. You know, LeGarrette Blunt had no carries, hardly any. When he did, he wasn't that bad. The Carolina game, he was he was really good. But he wasn't being used. Is he a jerk off the field? Yeah. Not a good guy. Punched a fan in college. Yeah. You know, just not a good guy. Right, but kind of guy you wanted to have around, and we're hoping that doesn't ha- happen with Najee Harris. But that—that's a bold statement for me to say. You know that you can blame a guy like Mike Tomlin for that. You can blame Blunt for leaving. You can blame Vontez Perfect for that. You can blame. You can blame Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones again for that. <laughs> for the hit on. On Antonio Brown, you could blame Antonio Brown for a lot of things. You're not going to blame him for that hit he took in that game. Right. Oh, my gosh. he The guy got murdered on that play. Yeah. You you could blame him. for. You can't blame Antonio for that. But you could you could blame Vontez Perfect for a lot of the things that happened in that game that put him in the position that Brown wasn't around. You know, th- there's so many. I mean, my gosh, we can go down this ridiculous well. He but never even comes, line, to, comes to mind. Fisher Tucson is somebody I would blame yeah. for anything. He he was a guy that was playing with house money and he fumbled, as far as I'm concerned. Now here's the question, Shannon. I'm going to start with you. 
Why does everybody hate Neil O'Donnell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one, uh, that's hard to figure. Um, you know, I mean, he, he, he got him to the Super Bowl and, and, uh, was, was playing his heart out and, and Larry Brown, that little, not our Larry Brown, the Steelers Larry Brown, but the Cowboys Larry Brown, he made those two incredible interceptions on, on those balls that were so difficult. I mean, I think they hit him right here. I mean, <laughs> those are hard to catch sometimes. Ask Deontay Johnson. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they can be hard to catch. Oh, here and we go. <laughs> so he, he makes these two incredible interceptions to be the Super Bowl MVP. And and poor Neil O'Donnell gets blamed for everything. Then, you know, he doesn't show any remorse. Then he takes a huge contract and goes and plays with the Jets. And it's, I really can't figure out why anybody don't like him. <laughs> okay. All right, Shannon. I, I um, You need a sarcasm detector in there to understand <laughs> Shannon's uh, tirade there, which I absolutely love. Tony. I'm going to ask you a different question. What's your blame level on Neil O'Donnell? Uh, I'd say it's pretty high. I mean, in that situation, you know, maybe he, maybe he was anticipating something else from Andre Hastings in both cases, but come on. I mean, you had to, you know, uh, see what was going on there and, and, Corey Holiday was breaking loose down. Anyway, we, we you know, Corey that, Holiday did run the wrong route. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have to show judgment in that case and show instincts that, all right, it's not things are breaking down. I don't just throw the ball. So it's pretty high, but at the same time, he did accomplish a lot here as, as, as a quarterback. And he, he's one of only three that has gotten into the Super Bowl. And that pass he made at the end of the AFC title game against the Colts, that's one of the best passes, most important passes in team history that Ernie Mills caught one of the most important catches in team history. I think who, the biggest problem. Who, who? Wait, say his name again, please. Ernie Mills. Did I say it wrong? No, you said it right. Okay. I'm about to talk about Ernie Mills. So remember that name. I will. But I I think he's a lot like Mendenhall. He, you know, there's been no relationship forged between the Steelers and and, and Neil O'Donnell since that Super Bowl. As Shannon said, he left immediately after that, signed with the Jets. He was kind of a journeyman after that. And there's been no, from my understanding, no, no uh, effort on his part to to come back and and be a part of the organization in any way, and I'm pretty sure the organization would accept them back. They're, they're you know they're the Steelers, they're the Roonies. They're not going to say, "Oh, you lost the Super Bowl, screw you." We don't want to talk to you anymore. That's not who they are. So I think if he would have if he would have tried to be a presence in the organization uh, over these last 25 years, 26 years, the fans would have maybe warmed up to him a little, a little bit more. Now he's always. Uh, the name that whatever shall not be na- spoken. Whatever he's, he's because, the Vol- he's a Voldemort. Yeah, he's yeah. So I think it would have been different had he kind of maybe accepted more blame and uh, came back and 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 been part of the organization at least somewhat over the years. Now, here's here's the question: What if he signs another contract to come back? Is he hated for those interceptions? After that Super Bowl? See, he right. comes back. Never wins, a, never wins a ring, but comes back. Uh, again, it would all depend on, on the kind of career he had after, you know, moving forward and 
you know, how he, if, if he would have become a, a part of the community, which he never really was, I don't think back then, um, it would all depend on, on how he would have, uh, his career arc would have gone after, after that Super Bowl. Shannon, would he be hated if he would have come back and signed? He was not beloved before. Right. I mean, he was just a he was just a guy who was along for the ride. I mean, he made a few plays here and there. You know, had to have Greg Lloyd threaten to kill him on the sidelines to get him to play <laughs> against the Bears. Um, he was not a passionate player. The the year before against the Chargers in the AFC Championship game, he throws a pass, and you know the last passer that was batted down at the at the uh, goal line. You know he's a guy that that could ride the wave and 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 get the Super Bowl, but he wasn't a guy that was going to make the game winning plays. Um, if he would have come back for less money, maybe than what he got at the Jets, and and then you know. Uh, had a, had a pretty good career from that point on, but personality wise, he was boring. Uh, he wasn't inspirational. He wasn't that kind of, of quarterback that would, would rile up a team and lead a team. So um, I, I think he made the right decision after that game by taking the money and running. All right. I, I like how you call him boring and I, um, you tickled Tony's funny bone, and I love it. I wasn't expecting um, that. <laughs> Tony, Tony l- l- let me ask you this. Yes. You put Neil O'Donnell's talent in Bubby Brister's body and personality. Is he beloved? Yeah, but I think I think Bubby might have been more talented overall. I, you know, I think he had a better arm. But yeah, if he if 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 Bubby or if, if O'Donnell would have. Uh, comported himself like like Bubby Brister and, and been a more of a rah-rah guy and and uh, kind of embraced the fans a little bit more. I think, yeah, he would have been more beloved for what he accomplished with them. Like Shannon said, he, you know, he was long for a ride, but he also, I mean, he was pretty efficient and pretty responsible up, up until the Super Bowl with, with the football. So if he had that personality and accomplished what he did and, t- and helped take them to the Super Bowl, um, yeah, he would have been more beloved. There's no doubt about it. Cause people still love Bobby Brisher to this day. So are these personality conflicts basically that if you're more of a warm and fuzzy guy, you can get away with it. You're making a mistake on the grandest stage. Shannon. Some people are easier to like than other people. Right. Okay. You know, there's people that, that still, that will never like Ben Roethlisberger, regardless of who he is now and what he'll become because of what he once was and they did not like him. They did not like that. And you know, you can never get past that. We're all guilty of that at some point we have an image of an individual in our mind of who they are. And like Mendenhall, I think of the things that's happened off the field. Uh, and on top of that fumble O'Donnell, I think of who he was as a personality, uh, those two interceptions. And then, Hey, I'm going to take the money and run. You know, those things, they stick with you. That's just your impression. Whether it's right or wrong, that's how you feel. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of personality driven, but it's also our own personalities that don't always mesh. And we, we, we develop an opinion and that's what we how we feel. And, and I admit that. All right, Tony, you love when I do this. You've been around me a long time, so you know, I'm going to do this to you. 
Okay. Ernie Mills does not get hurt in this game. Actually, he took a hit that basically ruined his career. Right. And really shortened his career. But if Ernie doesn't get hit, is he catching that football? Because we don't have Corey Holiday. You know, Ernie's running the right route. Ernie was great. Ernie, Ernie was a really good player. Is, yeah, well, is is Ernie a hero in this game, Tony? There's a there's a great chance. I mean, I, you know, we saw the, the magic that the two of them, meaning O'Donnell and Mills, uh, had at the end of that AFC title game. So, yeah, there's a, there's a better possibility. There's definitely a, a great chance that he went that he runs the right route, and maybe O'Donnell, uh, you know, throws the throws the ball where he threw it, but it winds up in Ernie Mills' hands instead of Larry Brown. So, uh, it, it could have been a much different story. I want to go ahead and take a super chat. One of our very own uh, Tate boys. We love this guy. He says, happy Juneteenth. And that was a holiday celebrated today. And that's a very important thing to look at. He gives us $1.99. You know, Tate, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And for those of you who do celebrate, happy Juneteenth. And for those of you that don't know much about it, that's something to read about. That's something that I always want my kids. When my kids ask me what what Juneteenth or any holiday is, um, if it's Columbus Day, I want them reading about Columbus. On MLK Day, I want them. We we watch the speech every year on MLK Day during the ESPYS when they have the ESPYS. We watch the Jim Valvano speech. I mm. I want them to know about the things that that are going on around them. If they're getting off of school, or if they're getting off of anything. Because we're celebrating somebody, I want them to know what that's about. So go ahead and find out what Juneteenth is all about. And I appreciate you bringing that up. So thank you so much, Tate Boys. And some other people have brought that up as well. I was going to wait until the end of the show, but I did not want to uh, I did not want to forget that. So let's talk about the list, guys. Th- there's two obvious ones. Uh-huh. And we're going to go real quick on these guys. And I'm just going to ask a question. Le'Veon Bell, is he ever getting off of the naughty list? Shannon? Yes or no? No. Really? Okay. Tony? Um, I, I, I don't, he, he's somebody who didn't love football. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be all that um, passionate about, about mending fences. So probably not. I think... Le'Veon Bell made a youthful mistake in trusting an agent and everything the agent told him that you should be able to get. I feel like that's something that, uh, that he trusted too much. I mean, he might never get off the list. I I'd never expect him to be playing in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform again, but he's probably, if you were to take anybody off the list, Le'Veon Bell could possibly be one of those Shannon. The bottom line is his mother on more than one occasion told him to take the money and stay in Pittsburgh, that it was a good fit for him. He did not listen to other family members based on what I've heard. And as you said, he took the bad advice of his agent and a lot of yes people that surrounded him. Um, Therefore, and he still to this day doesn't admit that he made the wrong decision. So that's why I do not think he'll ever get off the list. Hmm. Okay. We've got to say it. <laughs> AB, 
Mr. Third and Fifth is Dave Schofield still calls him. Um, which I'm not a fan of that nickname. I, I'm still going to call him AB because I remember what he did here. Um, I'm just going to be editorial here. Should he uh, be able to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler for a one-day contract? We've talked about that before. Yeah, I have no problem with that because you recognize what he did here. As far as everything else goes, man, I... The, the the man needs help, and that's what I'm hoping that he gets help. Shan, I know this is a sensitive uh, sensitive for you, how much you loved Antonio Brown and how hurt you are by it as a fan, and I have no problem with that. Uh, do you ever see a point where the fans forgive him? This will surprise a lot of people, but I do see uh, – that there could be a path to forgiveness for Antonio Brown. Um, he accomplished so many great things and so many great memories. And, you know, one of my all-time favorite Steelers, I mean, and a lot of people, um, Lance Swan's my favorite Steeler wide receiver. And he, you know, I, he was on that level for me. Uh, he, he, I don't know if it was, ego or maturity or all of the above that made him make the decisions he's made in his career. Uh, I still don't think he's fully retired. Uh, I don't think that it, he, he will come back if you give him an opportunity, which I think he will get an opportunity, but this is, this is stopped. He was going to treat, he was trending towards being one of the, the top two or three receivers of all time without a doubt. And he done it to himself. All this stuff that's happened, he's done to himself. So if he ever admits that fully, you know, he, he changes like the weather. One minute he's he's kind of, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, a little bit sorry. And the next minute, you know, everybody's against him. And, but I think that's part of his emotional problems. But if he could ever, you know, where you could tell it's legit, that he really does regret what happened, he does respect and realizes that Stiller Nation respect everything he accomplished between the lines and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I do see a way that there could be forgiveness there that I don't see with Bill. Tony, if you have nothing to say about uh, Antonio Brown, that's fine. I'm going to go ahead forward, but if you do go ahead and jump in, but I'm going to ask you this. Why have we forgiven Debo so easily? Because my gosh, he, uh, he did the, uh, the seagull approach. He pooped on everybody in the organization and flew away. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it helps that he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Patriots. He made it there, but he didn't, he didn't win. And, you know, he accomplished, he helped them win a Super Bowl. So that goes a long way uh, with the fans. So, and I think he was more, their kind of a, you know, hard nose, Jack Lambert kind of, you know, Greg Lloyd kind of linebacker, you know, that kind of player. And I think that, that, that helped. Uh, but I think the fact that he didn't win the Super Bowl with the Patriots, that that helped. As far as Antonio Brown, I agree with Shannon. I think there could be a, a path to forgiveness because I think he actually cares about his legacy, whereas I'm not sure Bell does. So I was listening. He called in, actually called into a local talk show at the beginning of 2020. And a year earlier, I hated the guy for everything that happened in 2019. I just I, I wanted nothing to do with him. But I'm listening to him him talk to these local reporters and they, they had great things to say about their personal relationships with him. And I started, you know, I could feel that the forgiveness welling up inside of me, you know? So I think we're a very forgiving society 
And I think if he, uh, you know, if a little time passes and he somehow gets the help that he obviously needs, needs, I think there will be a a a a, a, a mending of the fences between the organization and him and the fans and him. Okay, Shannon White, I've got a question. One last question about this for you. In 2010, the Steelers shipped away a, an all-star, a pro bowler, an all-pro in San Antonio Holmes. They shipped this guy away for, what, a fifth or a sixth round pick? For But there was a lot of things that led to him. What was were your thoughts in 2010 about San Antonio Holmes? And what are your thoughts in 2022 regarding San Antonio Holmes? Well, Holmes, you know, again, he made that incredible catch. It was a great throw and a great catch. I mean, that was just, you know, and he was a very, very good receiver uh, for the Steelers. Not on Antonio Brown's level, of course, but he was a thousand yard receiver and, and Ben's number one target there for a while. And, um, but the Steelers, that's about when they started having a lot of the issues, even before Ben. They had a, they had some guys getting in trouble. Um, and I think that, you know, they had homes at about the same time you had Ben's problems. And I think they made an example out of homes, uh, which I was not a fan of. I was not happy when they traded him for a fifth round pick because he was much, he was worth a lot more than that. Um, since then, uh, I've not heard of anything in his personal life. After he left, you know, he, he had marginal success. And, but in his personal life, I've not heard of any off-the-field issues like where he got an altercation with the woman at the bar that, you know, facilitated him being traded. Um, so now in, in 2022, uh, I think he still is welcome in Pittsburgh. He's still considered part of the legacy. And uh, I guess I look fondly on him because of, again, the catch. You know, again, we talked about the guys at the beginning who failed in the Super Bowl. Well, he succeeded in the Super Bowl, and that kind of solidifies your legacy. And that's the same thing you could say about a guy in that very same game that we just talked about in James Harrison. Tony, Santonio Holmes, he came back and he was allowed to retire as a Steeler. And I believe that was 2017 when they had that mm -hmm. press conference and they brought him back into the fold. He's done a lot of goodwill stuff for the Steelers now. And he basically said in that press conference, yeah, I made some mistakes, but my heart is always with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that all it takes? I think in most cases it does. You know, it's, it's a cliche, but time does heal all wounds. But you, but, uh, you have to, you have to participate in that if you're, if you're, you know, both parties have to participate. Obviously the fans are, I think, willing to forgive, you know, we want, we want to think that these guys are great guys and, 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 and good people. Uh, but the, but the player has to, has to participate in that too. And, and Holmes has, has demonstrated that, that, you know, Hey, look, I was young. Like you said, I, I made mistakes, but now here I am. I'm an, I want to be an ambassador and he's proven that by example, you know, where somebody like Mendenhall still in on social media and, and, and it's quite apparent that he has, he's bitter, you know, so, uh, it has to, it has to go both ways. So yeah, it, it does, it does, it, it, it is as simple as that, you know, but, but, but you also have to have to give examples of, 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 uh, of being a better person too. 
I want to go back to James Harrison. I don't know if you do remember, but before the start of the season, I was blessed to have the opportunity to interview James Harrison. And it it was great. And <laughs> it, I only had about 10 minutes, so I didn't get a chance to ask him a lot of questions. But one of the things he said, he's like, man, business is business. You know, I wasn't happy. And, you know, the Steelers needed to do business their way. I needed to do business my way. And we part of the ways. I love this team. I love this franchise. I love this city. It's basically what the man told me. And so when you say something like that, and you've noticed that he's still an ambassador for the team in different ways, when it's time to honor the 2008 team, there's James Harrison. He's there. You know, when it's time to talk Steelers, he's he's a guy that I thought in 2017, we he would be persona non grata. No, I, I thought he'd be a guy like that, that, that we did not, uh, that it would take a long time to welcome back because right. after, after the divorce with the Steelers at the end of that season, that 2017 season, man, I, I had a long drive because it was right after Christmas. I had a long drive and I was listening to Pittsburgh radio and my gosh, mm-hmm. I mean, it it was terrible. I mean, everybody, people were done. People were burning jerseys at that point. Mm. Now, I I just don't think that's the case anymore. So time does heal some kind of wounds. If we look at any other guys, somebody mentioned Emmanuel Sanders there. Are there any other guys that you would just like to bring up that you think are still on that uh, public enemy number one naughty list? Uh, Tony, Shannon, do you have any guys? Um, I can't really think of any any uh we we pretty much covered all the high pro- maybe Terry Bradshaw because you know he he had such a a bitter uh, uh view of the organization for so many years and then, and then you know they they mended fences but you know, every few years he seems to say something that rankles the or ruffles the feathers of the uh, local media and the fans so uh other than that I can't really think of anybody else Shannon do you have anybody on the list. Now, um, a lot of guys, if there was Rod Woodson, when when he left because he wanted to stay at cornerback, and cornerbacks made more money than safeties, and the Steelers had asked him to go to safety, and he thought he could still perform at the highest level. He goes to the 49ers, has the – you know, he gets burned multiple times that year. Then he goes to the Ravens. And then the rest is history is he's a Hall of Fame safety as well. That that was hard. That was hard to watch. It was hard to because again, another guy was a huge fan. It still am, obviously. But to see one of my all-time favorite guys in a Ravens uniform was very, very difficult, especially being so successful playing a position that the Steelers coaches were smart enough to see that he needed to move to and he could be a Hall of Famer there as well. So I think it that decision was made based on money and based on ego, which is where a lot of it comes down to, <laughs> you know, money's one thing, but the ego is something that, you know, it, it's just who we are. And, and uh, so it took me a while to get past that. Um, but again, I think he's rode that fence, rode that line really well between being a stiller and a Raven. And, and I believe he went in the hall of fame as a stiller if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think that there's uh, – that's why that we look at him different than we would have if he'd have went in as a Raven. 
You know what I love about the WWE? I'm just going off on a tangent. You could burn the company. The company could screw you over. And next thing you know, you're like Cody Rhodes and you're coming back and you're, you're getting ready to win championships. And you're going, I mean, like Hulk Hogan's gone and he's public enemy number one. Then he comes back and everything's, uh, everything's happy again. And then he leaves and we're like, okay, we're taking all his merchandise down. And then he comes back, you know, you kind of stuff like that. I, I just wish it was more like that, but if it's a business decision, I don't have a problem with you. I don't. If it is a decision where you're not mentally healthy, I don't have a problem on that too. So that's why I'm I'm less angry with with uh, Antonio Brown. I look a guy that I would have put on the list as a guy that was public enemy number one for a little bit was Bam Boris. He went to I mean, but mm. and he beat the Steelers up pretty bad as a Raven one time. But I, you know what? I, I'm sure he'd be welcomed back into the fold too. You know, I I want to live my life in time healing wounds. And if you do get an apology for, hey, I was in a bad place then. Or, man, I wish it didn't go the way it did. Tony hears this story all the time because, Shannon, I don't know if you know this, but Tony's first jersey, Pittsburgh Steeler jersey, do you know what that number was? Um. 57. It was 57. It was Mike Merriweather. And Mike Merriweather <laughs> sat out all of 2000. Excuse me. Not 2000. All of 1988. They ended up trading him on draft day for a number one pick. Mike Merriweather was a phenomenal player for this mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity. He came to my town here in Maryland. And he was signing autographs at the same time that uh, Jack Lambert was here. Ryan Clark was here. James Harrison was supposed to be here, but he pulled out that day. And so I went over and apparently, look, the line wasn't as long for Mike Merriweather. So I went over. I was helping work there. Um, I, was help, I was helping them all work. And I went over and I wanted to have a conversation with this guy. One of the nicest men I've ever met. And he, he didn't say my name, but I'm going to throw it in because it just sounds better. He said, Brian, <laughs> he said, bad. Let me tell you this. <laughs> no, the, what, what he did say to me, he said, I was young and dumb. I should have never left, but I had an agent telling me that I should leave and I could get all of this. And I got some money, but I should have never left Pittsburgh. There was, there's something about that place, the organization, the Roonies. He said all this. He said, man, I wish I would have never left. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of forgotten. We were People were mad at him for a while. Now, no one's mad at Mike Merriweather. Right. But they were, oh, he was public enemy number one back then. And, you know, <laughs> so th- these things happen. And those, and we're, there's going to be divorces. I've talked about this all the time. Um, everybody knows about my, uh, that, I'm very happily married, but it's marriage number two. And I joke about having a starter wife, but that that's, that's a person that I was in love with for a reason. And I, I, she sent me a message last week telling me about things and things that are going on. And I I was glad to see it. And I was glad to read what she was saying. And I was hoping everything was all right. And we're divorced. I'm not going to remarry her ever. 
But man, I welcome her back into the fold because she was a major part of my life once. And for these players that were a major part of my life as a Pittsburgh Steeler, they're always going to be a major part of my life. Even if they screw up. Because I will tell you this, I'm going to screw up in life. But I think the bottom line to everything is how you carry yourself after you screw up. Sometimes it takes a while to apologize. Mm -hmm. My ex-wife has apologized. My ex-wife has told everybody that, hey, no, it wasn't Brian's fault. It was mine. And that's something that, that means a lot to me. So if any any of these guys that are on the public enemy number one list come and say, you know, look, man, I, I'm i sorry things ended the way they did. It's good enough for me. You know, some of them, they don't even have to say that. So the public enemy number one list, the naughty list is a really interesting thing. But as humans, we all need to follow it. <laughs> George, <laughs> again, I was trying to, to <laughs> I got to bring this up. This is great. And for those of you in uh, listening through your speakers, George Teston says, my ex-wife can kiss it. <laughs> but, and that, that leads, I was about to say the very, I was about to address something like that. It's like, hey, we have a right to have the emotions that we do about a Neil O'Donnell, about an Antonio Brown, about a Richard Mendenhall. We have a right to still be mad. And there's no problem. And we have, there's nothing wrong if we forgive these guys too. With that being said, no, Neil O'Donnell did not accept money to throw the Super Bowl. He did not do that. But as far as everything else goes, I love you all. Thank you very much. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Oh, Kathy agrees. She's got the best ex ever. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> bad itch says bad screwed up wearing BJ Finney's pants. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's a mistake too. But gentlemen, this was a fun, this was a fun show. This is a good off-season show talking about public enemy number ones. And uh I'm just gonna leave it. Hey, we're all human, and sometimes we need to act human, whether it's them on the list or those making the list so for tony for shannon my name is brian anthony davis man we love you so much we cannot do these shows with each and every one of you make sure that you go back and listen to some of the shows that were on last night like the steelers q a with tony defio and jeremy betts like the father's day north edition of we run the north with my man kevin tate check out this morning's shows let's ride with Jeff Hartman, my show, Bad Language, which was on at noon. And don't don't forget about Jeffrey tomorrow. Jeffrey's from the cutting room floor. Jeremy and Andrew are going to have the Steelers fix. And then there's the Scoborough show tomorrow night. Then we go back to Let's Ride on Wednesday morning. I'm going to stop. But there's <laughs> great shows. Check them all out. And if you missed one of them, go back. They're in archives. It's easy to do. But I'm going to switch things around today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, Shannon White, just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Tony. Woo! All right. <laughs> we love you. Stay safe. Take care, my friends. Stop and check them out. Models are